Let's Cover That podcast is brought to you by CMNF Group, professional liability services for over 200 healthcare professions. Visit our website at cmfgroup.com slash podcast for more info. Hey, everybody. This is Will Sullivan with another episode of Let's Cover That with my co-host. Antonina Agruza. And today we have with us Abby McInturf, the co-founder of BandConnect. Abby, thanks so much for joining us this morning. Thanks for having me. Of course. So Abby, tell us a little bit about your background and how that led you to healthcare. Yeah, sure. So um, I graduated from the University of Cincinnati's DAP program studying industrial design and BandConnect started as one of my class projects. I was studying concussions in women soccer athletes um, because they're twice as likely to get concussions than men. And so after graduating, I participated in the university's pre-accelerator program called the Venture Labs to validate the solution and do some customer discovery. Um, It's there that I met my co-founder, Rohit Nayak, who was an EIR there. And uh, we pivoted into the physical therapy space, recognizing a greater need. Um, So we're really excited about what we're building and the feedback that we've been receiving to date. Yeah, so why don't you give us a, a quick idea, Abby, of, you know, what is Band Connect? What does it do? And, and um, you know, kind of walk us through that. Yeah, sure. So BandConnect is a care delivery platform that's enabling clinicians to extend the in-clinic uh, musculoskeletal rehab experience into the patient's home. Um, so we're providing a condition-specific sensor-enabled uh, fit- fitness equipment designed to provide patients real-time feedback based on what they did in the clinic with their physical therapist. Cool. So, so when you think about partners to kind of get the necessary uh, data to demonstrate the validity of this and, and you know, evidence-based medicine and all that type of stuff, who are you, you know, how, how did you validate this working and, and kind of execute on like future partnerships? How, how did that kind of come to fruition? Yeah, sure. So we're focused on um, enabling clinicians to um, have better um, adherence with their patients. So we're integrating into the care delivery journey. Um, so we're working with providers to um, provide a better experience for both the physical therapist and the patient. Uh, so we're currently executing two clinical trials uh, focused on specific shoulder conditions where we're um, enabling the clinicians to reduce the frequency of in-clinic visits but provide the equivalent level of care. Um, so we're utilizing that data. Um, we're a medical device, so we're a class 2, 510K exempt uh, classification with the FDA, and we're really focused on that medical device orientation. Um, so we're really excited about our first um, contract. It's with the Army. Um, so we're deploying our solution with Womack Hospital um, as well as Keller Community Hospital at West Point. Um, so we're early on in our experience. Um, but the feedback that we've been getting from our physical therapist and the clinicians that we're working with has been a really good and positive experience. Very cool. So you mentioned that you started this as a class project at the University of Cincinnati. Can you tell us a little bit about that experience and what it was like working in the Innovator Labs? Yeah, so I think that um, in industrial design, like a lot of people were trying to innovate on ideas and come up with products, um, but it was a unique experience that the university provided where as a student coming out of uh, university, I didn't really feel like I had the experience to be able to go through and like actually start a company. Um, so their experience, their uh, facilities really enabled us to, um, well, it 
led me to my co-founder and also um, it just enabled me to kind of get the resources I needed and the funding I needed in order to move forward with that process. So I think it was just a a great experience that kind of fell into uh, my lap and it was uh, interesting to kind of look back on that. And were you an athlete? Was that something that kind of inspired the work that you're doing? Yeah, so I played um, sports in high school, and then I had um, some friends, and uh, both my siblings played soccer in college. So uh, I was kind of always prevalent in my life, um, but it was interesting to kind of dive into it at UC um, with all of their athletes as well. What it, just kind of like stepping back, because you, you kind of walk through like the testing phase of this, and it, I think it's really interesting, Abby, and, and it kind of speaks to how this started at, you know, with the Bearcats, you know, give them a shout out, but it's uh, with the shoulder issues. So <laughs> how's that, you know, it seems like you're focused on the shoulders, but then you're going to be partnering with the army. Is there like a co- correlation between, Hey, this is where we see the most significant impact from musculoskeletal where you can really take that and scale it out to other, you know, other joints and areas. And then the army kind of follows suit because, you know, carrying loads of rucksacks and, you, you know, it, are those the type of injuries they see where they, they see like a really good mesh in that, you know, uh, so, so for the army and then kind of broader, is this like a good test phase, the, the shoulder per se, give us a background of that. Yeah, it's a great question. So uh, we're providing a condition-specific platform. So uh, our first product is two handles that have sensors in them that connect to resistance bands. So we're providing a solution that doesn't use any cameras or on-body sensors. Instead, the the user is able to just pick up the device and use it without having that setup experience. Um, And so we're targeting specific conditions and trying to stay focused to start. So our upper extremity device focuses on uh, mid-back, shoulder, and neck rehab. And so for the trials, we decided to be super specific on shoulder conditions um, and the conditions that we're working with are prevalent with our partners. Um, But with the Army, we're really excited because... To your point, the lower extremity conditions are more prevalent in terms of musculoskeletal injuries. And so we're looking for partnerships like the Army to um, enable us to build additional products associated with specific conditions that they'll all connect to the platform. So essentially, we're sensor enabling existing equipment in the clinic today rather than trying to create a new product, a new device that's not familiar, um, that the clinician's not familiar with. Um, that we can then just integrate into their current workflows, um, which are there's no way to monitor what patients are doing at home. Um, and so we're providing the ability to track what patients are doing at home to help with the um, workflow and understanding different metrics behind the patients and, and what they may need moving forward. Would you say that changes the accountability of physical therapy by using BandConnect? Yeah, I think that uh, as I've gone through this, almost everyone I've talked to is like, yeah, I went through physical therapy, I came home, I didn't know what to do, or I didn't want to do it, um, and there was no accountability there. 
and they we hear it from physical therapists all the time where they patients come back into the clinic and it's pretty obvious that they haven't done anything and so we're trying to create a mechanism that motivates patients to do their exercises but also provides that accountability where the physical therapist has concrete information that the patient hasn't done anything and it kind of opens up the door for better communication between the physical therapist and the patient instead of just having that like oh we know the patient didn't do it but there's no way to really have that communication um, with the patient there Um, so another big element that we're working on is uh, goal setting and goal tracking with the the platform um, to create like a a long-term goal that the patients can work towards but it's agreed upon with the clinician and the patient before they go through their treatment and while they're going through their treatment to help them through that accountability process. That's really great, Abby. It, it's uh, especially from the goal and the progress standpoint, maintaining an adherence and the type of data you can get from there. Other, other, you, you know, next steps for you all that you're thinking, hey, after we kind of get this solidified and we see how this is meaningfully helping, are there, are there next milestones or objectives that you kind of foresee you kind of shifting into or, or advancing towards as this kind of progresses? Kind of give us an insight on that. Yeah, so like I mentioned, we're really early in the clinical side of things. And so like the next step for us would be to integrate better into um, the clinic and commercial market. Um, and so with every startup, I guess there's fundraising involved. So we're planning a seed round of funding in Q2 of next year um, that will help with the targeted clinical and commercial market introduction. Um, So we're trying to take what we're doing with these clinics now and um, scaling it up to really hone in on what is beneficial for the clinicians to help patients uh, get better care. I I do have a quick question, like kind of adding to that, Abby. So like when you're testing this out, do you see a differentiation based on age? Is that something also that the clinicians have mentioned that the adherence changes, whether it's pediatric or just the average adult or the elderly? And and is that part of your testing segment too, before you think about commercialization? Yeah, so patient adherence is really hard to track because it's all self-reported, but the statistic that we use is only 35% of patients are compliant with their plans of care. So I think it doesn't really matter across the spectrum of um, the age range. It's just generally patients aren't compliant with their plans of care. Um, So it's been a really interesting experience to see that process. I think with the pandemic, um, so we started before the pandemic and Um, With the pandemic, before the pandemic, we were getting a lot of feedback of, oh, I don't know if people would be comfortable with technology and integrating that way, Um, especially because the standard of care today is that patients receive sheets of paper handouts with stick figure drawings. And so utilizing technology is a big change for anyone. Um, But I think with the pandemic, patients and uh, providers are now ready for that change and almost expecting it. Um, We've had a lot of feedback from the clinicians that say, yeah, like patients that might not have been comfortable before with telehealth are now expecting it as part of their treatment option. So I think we're definitely seeing a shift in the mindset of um, the the age range um, conversation. Uh, So we'll see how that plays out, but I think uh, it's definitely interesting to see the difference between uh, three years ago to now. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like that's a common theme that we keep hearing with a lot of the virtual, virtual companies we've had on the podcast, you know, so much resistance to 
growing with the technology, but, you know, COVID kind of forced people into that realm and, um, you know, for better. So really, really cool stuff that you're doing. Is there a dream collaborator that you and your co-founder are hoping to work with someday? I think that's a great question. I think it's something that we're still exploring. I think um, really we're just searching for providers that are enabling us to utilize our solution in their workflows. Um, another big element that has come about is there's new remote therapeutic monitoring codes that were released in January. Um, and so the payer provider equation is something that's important to us to further develop. Um, so these remote therapeutic monitoring codes enable um, the clinicians to bill for remote monitoring of these patients, which is um, different because the physical therapists are actually able to bill for these codes. And um, it'll be really interesting to see how that plays out in the, the commercial market. But um, we're really excited about that ability to um, go through that experience with the clinicians and with these providers as well. Well, it's it's cool, Abby, because, you know, especially for the physical therapy realm, when you start walking through a lot of budgetary cuts that they've had and they've seen that kind of dwindle over the past like few years and kind of their pushback against this. And then, like you said, having this new legislation with the CPT codes where now they can kind of diversify. And you're starting to see that with you have the brick and mortar, you're interacting as outpatient with a larger health system, um, like some of the partners that you have. But then they're kind of working also with, okay, how do we need inpatient uh, in-home care as well? And how's that coordinate and scale that? And then you have a whole like workforce issue. People want to stay kind of independent and it's, it's, it seems like your technology is starting to kind of hit like smack dab in the middle of that and might be able to centralize and help everybody diversify and drive revenue while having difficulty. So it's a, yeah, at least that's, that's what I kind of see, like Antonina's mentioning. It's like you guys really have, I think your dream collaborators are going to, you're going to have a good number of them that uh, I can tell you seem excited to think, think about that with your co-founder. So that's exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, it's definitely, a, that's a great question to think about. And I think um, there's a lot of uh, things going on to figure what that dream collaborator is. So. I think most people usually say like Richard Branson, but you know, <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure you have somebody more specific for like healthcare and, and I'm sure there's somebody yeah. like that. So it's cool. Yeah, thank you so much for hopping on Abby. Of course. Thank you so much. This is awesome. Thanks Abby. And that's another episode of Let's Cover That.